This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker, and this is episode 73. Hey guys, so it's me on my own for this episode. It's going to be hopefully short and sweet. And it's based on one of my most popular ever blog posts. And also it's one of the posts that I most direct people to when I have conversations with clients or people at events or in my inbox, because I think it hits on something that is really universal to the way we all work. And that is fear. I actually think it's one of the hardest things about doing what we do, being creative, being an entrepreneur, following our dreams. Do you know that fear that creeps in when your inbox falls quiet for an afternoon? Or for me, when I've just not had enough sleep or when someone else gets that big break and you can see them celebrating it and you really, really wanted it to be you. It's that fear that whispers, what if you're just not good enough? Or look at how you're failing. And it's the fear that makes most people give up. I'm not a fan of giving up ever, or at least not before every single option has been exhausted. My Twitter bio used to say that actually I'm annoyingly tenacious. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of what that means, me trying to get something from you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It can be kind of annoying, but it can also really bring results. So when I get afraid, I tend to get productive. In fact, fear is one of my biggest motivators in life, I think. And apparently that's quite common in people who have chronic illnesses because we've sort of hacked our brains to use the adrenaline boost we get from fear to help spur us into action. But you don't need a chronic illness to work this way. You can use it too. So if fear or self-doubt or just that creeping sense of failure is coming into your life, here are 10 things that you can do right now to channel it into something that's actually a lot more productive. Number one is to send out more invitations to success. And when I wrote this, I knew it sounds like self-help garbage. I think like it just sounds meaningless. But what I really mean is put yourself out there more. Whenever I start to spiral into that hopelessness, I get out my MacBook and I connect and I ask for help and I pitch, pitch, pitch. So think of something that would feel like a huge win for you. It could be um, a contract or a deal with a supplier or an agency. It could be a meeting. It could be a feature in a magazine, whatever that is for you. Now, write a killer email explaining why it absolutely should happen find that person's email address, Twitter's usually a good place, and then just throw it out into the universe. And sure, it might lead nowhere, absolutely, but then again, it might not. You've basically got nothing to lose, and pitching and emailing is a muscle that we have to exercise more and more. We have to exercise and get used to getting no's, so either way, you're moving forwards. Number two, write it out. If you could read all of the posts that are in my blog drafts folder and my iPhone notes from bad days and sad days and mad days, you would know me in a whole different light. Most of it's never going to see the light of day, but just the act of writing it out is productive and cathartic and hones my skills as a writer and getting information out of my head onto the page. And some of those posts turn into the most engaging, most commented on, most relatable, most human captions for Instagram or blog posts or podcast episodes or whatever it is, because they've come from the heart of the storm. 
The beautiful thing is you can write it right there and then in the moment of crisis. You can save it, you can sit on it. And then you can look at it with fresh eyes when the fear has passed and see if it's something you feel safe enough to put out into the world. And you'll have heard me say this countless times before that often I'll save things until I feel really resolved on them, until the drama or the crisis or the emotion has passed. And then I'll share them because then I know whatever anyone says, whether it's torn apart or meets a great reception, that's not going to change how I feel about what happened. I can safely tell you that there are a few topics in the world that will unite your audience more than fear and doubt and human emotion. So writing them down when you're in the middle of it gives you a snapshot that you may or may not want to share. There's no pressure to share it at the end of it, but at least you're being productive. Three, change course. Sometimes I've really found the fear comes to tell us something important, maybe that we've gone on path or that we need to correct our course. So if something someone else has done has really triggered you to feel threatened or panicky, it's a good opportunity to look at what it is you are doing and why it's not filling you up and giving you feelings of satisfaction. Sometimes seeing someone else doing something can be a really good way to recognize that we actually kind of want that for ourselves and maybe we've never acknowledged it before. Or sometimes it is entirely human to want to hide away from fear. We want to try and escape it. We want to try and distract ourselves. But if you can find a way to sit with it and look at it and see what it's trying to tell you, I promise you're going to get some great insights about what it is you really want and don't want in your working life. Four, make some big plans. Some of my biggest business leaps have been born from that feeling of competition or fear. We can all be guilty sometimes of standing on the edge of the cliff and looking down and wondering what it'd be like to jump. But sometimes we just need someone or something to give us a bit of a push into the great unknown. I don't want to sound too Pinteresty here, but if you never do anything radically different, you can't expect anything to radically change. I think of fear and self-doubt as a forward moving feeling it pushes me it gives me momentum and it can either push me into despair or it can push me into the next phase the next place that I was actually a little bit too scared to go into because if you're already feeling afraid what have you got to lose if you're already living in that state of panic or self-doubt you might as well take that next big leap because it's not going to feel any worse than what you're feeling right in this moment and it might just pay off big time Five, set a strategy. So if you're feeling really triggered by seeing something someone else has got, maybe it's likes on Instagram or followers or a big contract or a sponsorship, sit down and set out a strategy for how you can achieve it too. You can write it down in tiny, tiny, realistic and achievable steps and then just get started on that very, very first one. It might be miles away, it might be years away, but it feels better to be working through that list and taking action on one or two of those steps than it does to just sit there and feel helpless. And if you can commit to following through on those steps, it is a roadmap to success. Six, make an inspiration board. So you can either do this literally with glue and paper or you can go to Pinterest and find all the images and quotes and ideas that make you feel optimistic and excited about what it is that you want to do again. Get on Google and type in vision boards. There is so much amazing information out there about how to make something that when you look at it, it reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going and why it is unique to you. I advocate having something like this in a space that you are regularly, whether that is in your workshop if you're a maker in your office or if you have a nine-to-five job you know stick it on the front of your planner put it on the what's it called the um 
sunshield things that flip down in the car so that every time you look at it, you can see it every single day and remind yourself to get back on track and then soak it in. Sometimes pictures can say things to our brains that the words and the reasoning just can't. Seven, take a break. Sometimes the very best way to escape all of those racing, fearful thoughts is to just shut down the computer, stick your phone on airplane mode and go and do something else. The do is really important. My recommendations are going for walks somewhere wild, binge watching Gilmore Girls, playing with a kid, seeing a friend, reading a glorious novel in bed, all of the obvious things. But do them intentionally. Pick one, go for it and know that you're doing it as a gift to yourself. And then when you come back, the fear should hopefully be lessened and you'll be able to look at it with a clearer viewpoint. Number eight is get back to creating. Whatever it was that got you into this business, that might be photography or writing or crochet or a great eye for interiors or clothes or curation, whatever that thing was, go and do that with no expectations. We get so bogged down in the business of business, the SEO and the Facebook ads and the hashtags. And we forget to do the thing that we really, really love. Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, talks about creativity as being exactly the same as spirituality to her. And I know that won't resonate for everybody, but I think it's very similar in the sense that we have to make space for it and we have to honor it. Reconnecting with our creativity is reconnecting with ourselves, with our purpose, with what we love. And it's also almost like a form of meditation. Nine, talk to your business besties. I think it's so essential that you find people who work and think like you somewhere out there in the digital world or maybe in your real world so that they can hear you out in times of crisis. So if you don't already have a network like this, I really suggest taking steps to build one now, whether you're in a moment of crisis or not, because I promise you they will be invaluable to you in the future and you to them in return. If you're listening to this and you are right in the midst of a crisis, feel free to come and find me on Twitter. I'm at Mianola. I'm usually there and I will very happily talk you down from the ledge, but also maybe take a look at who I follow, look at who the people you love follow and start building a network of people who you maybe can get to know and start sharing this stuff with. Number 10 for me is always, always return to your community. Whether you have 10 followers and three of them are your family members or 10,000 followers or 10 million followers, there is never going to be a cheer squad quite like the people who are regularly consuming and understanding your work. Find them and lean into what they have to offer you. So that could be maybe you want to post about how you're feeling. It could be an Instagram caption or an Instagram story saying, I feel like I'm having one of those days where I can't remember why I do this. Can somebody help me remember? And I can pretty much guarantee you'll get an inbox full of people offering you support because everyone has been there and they will know why your work matters. If that feels too vulnerable and you don't want to broadcast to the world that you're not feeling 100%, you can still put something up like, can you tell me how my work slash product slash teaching has made an impact on your life? What's your favorite thing that I've ever shared? Or what do you tell yourself when you need a reminder to keep going? The real magic of social media is the humans on the other end of it. And whenever we are feeling lost or alone, the very best thing we can do is reach out and connect with them. A couple of bonus suggestions here if you've got to the end of this list and you're still feeling despairing. 
podcasts, listening to podcasts just like this one and so many of the others out there can be a really great way to feel less alone. It's kind of the next best thing to talking to someone, I think, and listening to people. And especially if you can find people who are describing the experiences you're going through. It's so easy to feel like you're the only one feeling that way in the world and that the feelings are never ever going to change so hearing someone else talk about such similar experiences is always a really grounding thing that helps me get back to myself that helps me remember that this is temporary like everything else and finally if you find that this is coming up a lot for you if your fear or your mindset or your comparisonitis is regularly getting in the way of you achieving the stuff you want to achieve in life I really recommend getting some professional help with it. That could be a coach, it could be a counsellor, it could be a therapist, it could be an e-course, it could be a book. Whatever that's going to feel like for your budget and for your mindset and for how you like to work, it's going to be different for everybody. But I really believe the thing that holds us back most of all in our businesses is the stuff inside our heads. If you're a regular listener, you probably know I have worked with quite a few coaches. I really recommend them. Jen Carrington was my business coach way at the beginning of my business, and she's still the person I turn to whenever I need advice. Sass Petherick, I've got a few episodes with her. She is a self-doubt coach and really helped me move some of the obstacles and the barriers I'd put in my head over the years, stuff that was spanning way, way back to childhood. But also I've had psychotherapy, I've had cognitive behavioural therapy over the years and all of that stuff comes together and helps me through these really difficult times in my business when I feel like it's all going to unravel before me. Something Jen Carrington, who I just mentioned, says to me sometimes is your best work is still ahead of you. And sometimes I have trouble believing that, but I can shift it to my best work could still be ahead of me. And that helps me. So maybe it might help someone else out there too. I would love to hear about how this stuff shows up for you and the strategies you use to cope with it. So come and find me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at me and Orla. And let me know what works for you and what you think other people could try. And if this episode or any of the other ones have been helpful or enjoyable to you, it would mean the world to me if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and hit subscribe so that you get all the new episodes straight to your device every week. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.